What's up, everybody? Welcome back into SSPN post game. We're back, Ethan, and I think we're the good luck charm because the Spurs won one thirty two to one fourteen tonight against the Orlando Magic in a franchise record setting performance. Twenty two threes from the tank Spurs, Ethan. They took care of business. We got to see a lot of Sandro Mamu Kelishvili, who I got to see against the Denver Nuggets last Friday, live and in person, watch him get 11 points in the fourth quarter. We saw him throw two lobs to Jeremy tonight. Devin didn't have the best shooting night, but it didn't matter because Zach Collins was there. Jeremy Sohan was there. Blake Wesley probably had his best game as a spur. I know we've said that before, but this was probably really the first good overall game from Blake tonight. Um, uh, we got to see some Dom Barlow minutes. He showed a lot of good stuff with Charles Bassey getting a little bit banked up. Nothing to get too worried about there, though. Did go out of the game with a left knee injury. But all in all, Ethan, an efficient, fluid, uh, awesome performance from the San Antonio Spurs tonight. We were raving about it before we got on air, and now we're raving about it on air. Tell me what you think, my guy. I mean, I will keep it simple. I mean, it, 2014 ball movement was back. It looked crisp. It looked fluid. We had chemistry. Everybody was moving uh, without the ball, backdoor cut, setting great screens. There was no hitch in the in the passing. It was just complete, you know, perfect basketball from start to finish, really. I mean, I know we had a couple moments there when we had some kind of weird iffy lineups with like Barlow at the center spot with mm-hmm. Mamu and not really a, a score. Some turnovers and some yeah. stretches. But from for, for the most part, aside from that little 10-minute stretch or so, it was really just domination by the Spurs. And it starts with Zach Collins, in my opinion, really getting going inside and out, being aggressive, looking for his shot. He had 25 points tonight, six boards, five assists, and really just playing all-around great de- interior defense as well. Mm-hmm. And team defense was also, finally, it felt like, you know, like a well-oiled machine. There was finally they were connected. Yes, yes, you you put it is way better than I did. But <laughs> they were on a string. They're rotating well. Um, everybody top to bottom getting outside on shooters, um, and and then obviously collapsing on on on, uh, on our boy. What's his name? Paulo Bonquero, who still had mm-hmm. twenty seven points, but eleven for twenty one. It wasn't a crazy dominant performance from him, um, and we really limited the rest of his team as well. Exactly. Um, Devin had an off night, but it didn't matter because Jeremy had 29 points, 11 for 19, and Doug McDermott had 15 points. He's been on a tear, and like yep. you said, Blake Wesley, yep. 8.7 assists. Finally felt confident. Finally feels like his G League, his G League confidence is translating into the NBA. Fine, I think he really needed this. This was the game. first time we really yeah. saw it. To propel going forward, I think this will be more of a regular occurrence because now he he knows he's capable of doing it. Um, and so he'll be able to continue doing it moving forward, but really no weaknesses tonight um, from the entire team. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you mentioned Paulo just to talk a little bit about what the magic did tonight. Um, you know, obviously he got his points. Uh, our man Tanner in the comments was saying, you know, good win against a future MVP, um, <laughs> you know, completely, li- completely agree with that. Um, he was the number one pick for a reason. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's been other games where Bull Bull's been able to go off. Franz yeah. Wagner's been able to go off. Cole Anthony's had some big games. So I really liked how, okay, we're going to let Paolo, I mean, we understand who Paolo is. That's what I felt like watching the game plan tonight. But we were like, we're going to make sure that these other guys, you know, they don't cook tonight. And mm-hmm. so when you do that and then you shoot the way that the Spurs did um, and just execute offensively, 
um, that's a recipe for success. You know, it, it's crazy. I knew Jeremy had at least like 20 plus points, but I didn't realize he had 29. You know, that, that I finally looked at the box score. I knew mm-hmm. Zach had 25, but, you know, and, and a little a couple of those buckets were in garbage time. I want to say like two of them were. So really about mm-hmm. 25 too, but it doesn't matter. When you get 50 points from Zach Collins and, and Jeremy Sohan, uh, on this Spurs team, uh, you know, it's going to put you in a pretty uh, pretty good place. Um, our man Tanner's also saying, I think it was a good matchup. Orlando's team defense and offense is generally weak uh, and held up by talent. So, you know, th- that was one of the other things we were texting about during the game. It's that this was a really good thing to see when it comes to the fluidity of the ball movement. You mentioned, uh, you know, uh, and it was kind of an ode to the beautiful game from 2014. Um, just to see that we can still run the offense like that um, is just a good sign because it's been a rough year uh, whenever it comes to offensive execution. So to just see that these guys have the ability to do that, um, even though it was against you know a lower tier Magic team, still mm-hmm. you know more wins than the Spurs this season, but a lower tier team in the league, uh, just just a great sign moving forward. Just reminded people like, hey, this is what a Greg Popovich coach team can still do. Yeah. It shows that the system and Popovich has never really left. It's just a matter of getting shots to fall and finding that chemistry. And it it feels like over the past couple games, we're finally getting that momentum Mm -hmm. back, which is just so great to see. I hope we don't win too many games because I don't want to ruin our chances here, (laughs) but uh, we're improving. This is what we were hoping to see. Yeah. And you know, if you want to think about it this way, what, I mean, the, the Spurs beat the Thunder and then they beat the, the they beat the or no no, no not the, the nuggets the they nuggets. they beat the nuggets and then they lost to the thunder yeah so I was about to say you could actually just kind of pretend that that's you know you beat the thunder and lost to the nuggets but I, yeah. I was trying to do that for this game but then I realized those two games already happened so we'll just stick with <laughs> we don't want to win too many uh mm-hmm. but but want to talk about Devin a little bit more um because you know when people look at the box score if they don't look at this one they might be like ooh. You know, not the not the greatest game from him. Four for 11, one for four from three, just 10 points. Um, but found a way to get two blocks, had six boards, four assists as well. I, I just kind of want to say, like, I'm not really worried about it. I mean, if you look yeah, at his man. plus minus, he's plus 14. And if you look at the shots he took tonight, you know, we've, we've had this same conversation about Malachi. And this is just, um, you can just kind of apply that to Devin and the fact that he's coming off of injury and still has mm-hmm. to get back, back into rhythm, but he's taking good shots. He's getting good looks. They're just not dropping right now. Um, they dropped more in that jazz game. We've seen what he's done against the jazz this year, you know, before the big injury mm-hmm. stretch. Um, so that's a, I think that's just kind of a favorable matchup for him, but Sean and Bill were talking about it all night. It's like, he's just coming off injury and the speed feels different. He's just not, you know, completely comfortable yet because it's just that's what it's like coming off injuries in the NBA. But all of his shots that he took tonight were good. Great hop steps, you know, still showed off his bag. They just didn't fall. And they yeah. weren't like terribly, you know, off target or anything. I'm I'm not concerned about Devin. No, I'm not concerned either. And I, I didn't really notice it as much tonight, but in the previous game, um, it really felt like the defensive scheme for the uh, opponent. I can't remember who it was that we were playing, but was was just really honing in on yeah. Devin. Like, just don't let Devin Vassell score. Make the rest of their their the team mm-hmm. beat us. And tonight, thankfully, we were able to do that. And yeah. I, I want to give a quick shout out. I didn't realize this, like, but looking at the box score now, I'm remembering Devonte Graham had nine assists yeah. tonight. He has over the past few games. I know he came into our team kind of chunking up a bunch of threes and people were a little worried like oh god he's just a you know nothing but a prolific shooter right and, you know inefficient scorer but he's kind of honed that in a little bit 
and he's shown me he has a lot more playmaking skills as a point guard yeah. than a lot of us were expecting. So that's a great sign to see. Hopefully that continues and it kind of rubs off on Blake, who is not necessarily a natural point guard, but has also grown as right. a playmaker as well. That's a good that's a good comparison there. And something I didn't necessarily think of, Ethan, but when you bring in Devontae in the Josh Richardson trade, you've kind of got more of obviously you know, we hope that Blake Wesley's ceiling is a lot higher than Devontae yeah. Graham's, but you kind of bring in a vet that has a similar play style, like can score a lot. Um, and, you know, like you said, he's shown off the playmaking, but not necessarily, you know, known for his playmaking. When you think of Devontae Graham, you think of the 40 point games in Charlotte, right? Yeah. And when you think of Blake Wesley, you think of 25 point games at, at Notre Dame in March Madness. So yeah. I think you got, you got to get what I'm saying there. Um, and, and just, you know, adding on to that, he had a really nice uh, behind the back dime to Zach Collins at the top of the key. Um, and he had a couple other games early on uh, before he kind of sat a little bit with Malachi coming back and Trey coming back as well, um, where he had some eight assist games, but still for the most part, mainly a score. So, you know, we've seen a little bit of glimpses and flashes, but it seems like the more minutes he's gotten with the Spurs, he's kind of understanding the system and his role more. Um, and he's still chunking up shots and making big shots that we yeah. need without his 15. You know, it's a much closer game tonight. Um, and he did a good job just, you know, running the offense. I felt like obviously Sohan helps out a lot with that too, with his playmaking. And that allows Devontae to play off ball, which we talked about before with the shooting. Yeah. Um, but love to see 15 and nine game from, from Devontae. For sure. And another thing that he does, and really the whole team's been doing this shoot, I don't know if you've noticed, mm -hmm. since the trade deadline when we got rid of Jakob and, and Josh, it seems like everyone's making a concentrated effort to feed both Zach and Jeremy in mm -hmm. either the high post or the low post. And sometimes yeah. they play off of each other, where Zach will, will, um, will get the ball at the, basically the top of the key and dump it into Sohan, who has his mm -hmm. man locked in. It's easy layup. And that has opened up our entire game. And it's, it yeah. looks like a completely different scheme almost. Yeah. I think, you know, it, it's kind of reminiscent of, I mean, wh where did the Spurs run their offense through for the past 20 years, Ethan? The post. Right, right. So we know that scheme. And then on top of that, we've seen Zach's distributing skills mm -hmm. um, increase throughout the season. I want to say he had, let's see, he had four assists, or no, he had five assists tonight mm -hmm. uh, with three blocks and a steal as well. want to talk about those three blocks and his interior defense, just as a little bit of a side note, that's kind of been... With zero name. fouls. Right, with zero fouls. That's been his... We've seen the improvement there throughout the season, but this was like, okay, now I'm going to make some plays. I'm not just going to go straight up and not mm -hmm. foul. You know, like now I'm really going to kind of impose my will in the paint, which you love to see there. That's something that, you know, you hope is a continued uh, area of improvement for Zach. Um, and then, of course, we already know Jeremy brings the ball up the court all the time. But the point is, with those two guys and their playmaking ability, it's exactly what you said. Then you can run everybody else off screens on the perimeter. Maybe it's not even off screens. It's, you know, whatever scheme or set pops running out there. But when you have those guys who, you know, have a bag in the post, um, but then also can distribute, it opens up the entire offense, like you said. And I don't want to disrespect Jakob Pertl. Yeah. But Jakob was not... He didn't have as much of a, a score. He wasn't much of a scoring threat in the low block. He could pass, yeah, and he was you know a good initiator. No, he's but just Zach, not. Zach Collins, if it's one on one and it's block, unless it's like Joel Embiid or Rudy Gobert, right? It's pretty much barbecue chicken. Like that dude has, <laughs> he's got that Sabonis Gonzaga you mm -hmm. know play style where he can take yep. you down, back you down, up and under, post hook, whatever it is, and and he continues to show. I think he's averaging fifteen. 
or so since we traded Jakob Pertl. Mm-hmm. And he's shooting like 54% from three as well. Yeah. Since yeah. that is what. So he's really taken off. And, and Sohan's numbers continue to just baffle me. Yeah. Um, let me see. I know I sent you a tweet earlier about Zach Collins. So just to read that from Tom Orsborn from the San Antonio News Express, Zach Collins has hit seven of his last 12 attempts from three-point range over the last three games. And I want to say this was like midway through the third quarter. So there might've been another three in there as well, which is 58.3%. He hit both of his attempts from three in the first half on his way to a team best 18 points. So yeah, there were definitely some more points scored after that, but this in these last three games, I mean, he's really been, um, it, it's kind of the result of what you were talking about. You know, it's the result of being comfortable comfortable in the starting spot now. Um, mm-hmm. And this is just kind of what we've been talking about. I mean, it, we talked about it last year. We talked about it at the beginning of this year. But just a reminder, like with all the injuries he went through, like now he's finally at like a full year of playing basketball fully healthy. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of adjustments that you got to go through. We were talking about earlier. I mean, Sean's talking about how, hey, with Devin, like, you know, it's a lot to just come back off an injury midseason. There's a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that you have to adjust to in the league. So, you know, after being out for that long and not being really fully healthy last season and kind of playing through it, um, we're just continuing to see his development and kind of his ceiling get raised. I don't know how high that ceiling is going to be. I'm not trying to sit here and maybe say that like Zach's a future all-star or anything. Um, but I think he was a very good investment um, and, a, and a very quality player and a quality big for the Spurs and in, in, in a quality big specifically for the modern NBA, you know? Yeah. I don't know about all-star, but definitely right. like on the border. It's because of what he does so well is what the Spurs love, which is he's, he's a big guy that can score and pass. And, and, and he plays physical. And now he finally has the, the, the frame and strength to battle down low. Remember last year, I think he, what, he played like 30 right. games total. He was getting ragdolled. Not the case anymore. Yeah. And, and that's we, we even saw it a little bit at the beginning of the season. But yeah, we've seen sure. it continually get better throughout the year, which is, you know, <laughs> basically kind of what I was just saying there. Yeah, um, for sure. Our man Tanner's in the comments. He's asking, if Scoot is an elite offensive initiator his rookie year, would he make the Spurs playoff contenders, assuming Pop can shore up the D? Mm. That's a tough question. I I still have to say no. I just think it's a little bit too early, um, but would definitely, you know, when you consider kind of like what we just, in the context of tonight's game, um, if you have somebody like him, you know, (laughs) replace replace Scoot or replace Devontae Graham with Scoot, um, and that definitely makes an impact for sure. You know, it's tough to say. I would say play in battle for sure, like in that 10 11 right. spot ish. Uh, because then that would mean Trey Jones coming off your bench and that Tyus Jones kind of role for Memphis. Mm-hmm. And then we continue continually forget we don't we haven't had our full team, but for maybe like five games. Yeah. So if you're saying you get we got Scoot, Devin, Keldon, Sohan, Zach, and then off the bench, we're running Trey. Um, Malachi and everybody's fully healthy the whole fully year. healthy that's another key <laughs> right yeah Doug <laughs> Mamu and and um and, and Bassey and maybe we get add another free agent in summer who knows that's a that's a that's a play in contending team I think I don't even know yeah. if Scoot would need to be a prolific scorer right off the bat just yeah come in and be that athletic playmaking guard penetrate and yeah. how how much would that open up the floor I mean then you've got Keldon Devin whoever you got a bunch of shooters around him Jeremy's averaging however much now. Right, Malachi coming off the bench. Mm -hmm. That's kind of scary. So, 
I don't know, maybe. Interesting, interesting. Um, our man Nick asks us, what do y'all think of the recent Millers and Brandon Miller over Scoot talk? Um, I have been seeing a little bit of this on Twitter. Um, I, I, what I would say is I think Brandon Miller has entered the fray. Like he's getting close to that air of Scoot and, and Wembenyama. A lot of people are like, oh, it's just a two person draft. And then you, you miss out. I, I don't, I would say that if the Spurs get number three, I actually don't think they're going to draft Brandon Miller because all of the stuff that's happening off the court with him, um, just because of the Spurs history. Like, I just, I just don't think they're, especially with all the DeJounte stuff earlier this mm-hmm. year. I think at that point they go with Cam Whitmore or one of the Thompson twins, or maybe not Cam Whit- Whitmore, maybe, uh, Sohan's old buddy from, from Baylor, or actually he wouldn't have been on the team last year, but Keontae George, um, yeah. I think they go with somebody else, but if we're not talking about the Spurs specific, we're talking, okay, straight up just talent. I think he's in, like, I think there, there's not a giant gap between Scoot and, and Brandon Miller. I really, I can understand both sides. What I would say about Scoot is he's been in the G League for two years. So I just kind of give him, I feel like he's been playing that competition a little bit longer where when Brandon Miller was playing, obviously he's having an amazing season, but mm-hmm. where he was, when he was playing, uh, high school basketball last year uh, Scoot was in the G League you know so that's that's I would give Scoot just a little bit of the edge just because I think he's been playing a high level of co- that level of competition maybe even higher for a little bit longer yeah I would say Scoot as well for everything that you said I really honestly haven't watched enough Brandon Miller to give an educated answer yeah. but just based on what I've seen from Scoot alone he has the chance to be a, like a generational point guard um, he's already got a man's body. He's playing against grown men. <laughs> Did you see that tweet a while back where it was like, Scoot looks like a linebacker? He does. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's like a, an, an already filled out version of a rookie John Wall. Like, that's what he reminds me of. He's just so uber athletic. I saw that, the comment. Yeah, so uber athletic and playmaking Ooh. is just off the hook. Yeah, that, that hurts. Not to damper everything, but during the game, uh, shout out to our man, Adrian C. If you're listening on podcasts, he just put up uh, in the chat, Pop just announced Bassey suffered a cracked patella. And, you know, during the game, he was kind of laying down after, you know, yeah. going for, for a ball. It was, I think he blocked was, it. He did yeah, block it. He blocked it. Right. Yeah. And that's after, wasn't that when Blake got hit in the face? Yeah. From yeah, champagne. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Poor Blake. Blake has his best game as a spur. Like by far his best game as a spur and still gets the ball thrown in his face. dude. Poor dude. My man can't catch a break. Anyways, though, um, you know, that really sucks for Bassey and we, we wish him, you know, a speedy recovery that re- especially just with all his upside. But you know, the, the one thing, this is just this season. I don't mean to just flip it over and be like, all right, Bassey's done for the year. Now let's not care about him. Like, that's not what I'm trying to say. But like with, we saw it with Dom tonight and with picking up uh, Sandro Mamukelishvili, which I want to just talk about him a little bit more and your impression to him. We mentioned it briefly earlier. Um, but with having Dom Barlow, like we have the depth, you know. Yeah. Sucks, but we'll we'll just run. Or Team Tank. Barlow (laughs) and Barlow looked pretty decent tonight right I I mean uh, a little maybe physically outmatched at the center spot at times definitely you know it it is what it is I'm not too worried about it plus we have Gorgie yeah and 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 Sandro also like with him being 6'10 also that can kind of mitigate a little bit of the size 
issues for Dom Barlow because Mamu's 240 and, and Dom's 220. So, yeah. you know, still a little bit, definitely undersized. Like Wendell Carter Jr. didn't really, wasn't able really to dominate <laughs> until, mm-hmm. until, uh, yeah, homeboy Barlow came in and he still played well, but, you know, uh, Zach was doing a really good job kind of checking, um, uh, Wendell Carter and yeah. when when Dom came in he was able to impose himself a little bit more just because he's too he's got about 50 pounds on Dom so yeah for sure um but to talk about Sandro seven points seven rebounds three assists I mean the dude continues to impress I don't know how he just stole him a 23 year old rookie who four years it was at Seton Hall you said yep yep yeah, he already. Sean was talking about it. What you get with a four-year college player is someone's already polished and able to contribute immediately. High IQ, six ten. He can basically play three through five, a small ball five, because, like you say, he's a li- maybe a little outsized um, against some of the bigger centers in the league. But he's able to move well without the basketball along the perimeter, as well as you know finish inside. And what impresses me the most is his ability to shoot, but also pump fake take mm-hmm. the ball off the dribble, and play make for others. He reminds me a little bit, we were texting back and forth, like a blend between like Joe <laughs> Ingles and Boris Diaw. But obviously he's 6'10", and is kind of is built better than both of those guys. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean he's better than them, but from, from a physical standpoint, he's, he's better than them. So I, I'm impressed so far. I hope he continues to do well. Yeah, I mean, I you know, it's kind of funny before before Dom got minutes tonight, I was thinking to myself, I was like, is Mamu is Mamu going to ruin this whole Dom thing? I've been doing this whole year. <laughs> but it's he's okay. Bassy Bassy came in and he's he's saving Dom. He's giving him some minutes. He took one for the for <laughs> the Dom for the train. Oh my gosh. No. I, and actually, I, you know, I was thinking about it. Really the more realistic question is maybe Dom and Mamu take KBD spot. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. But we've been playing KBD at the three a lot. So maybe we're like, it at the three. we're like, screw it. KBD is coming back, baby. He's Kelton's backup. K- <laughs> KBD has two. been crushing it at the three spot, yeah. by the way. Shout so, out to him. He was sniping tonight. How many? Let's read KBD. Four of six. Stat line, stat line for the boys. Uh, 14, five and four, five of seven, four of six from three with a steal as well. Plus 21. Highest plus minus in the on the team tonight. Um. So, yeah, now we have an excess of talent, Ethan. What are we going to do? I don't know. Honestly, I hope KBD stays for the rest of his career and we just retire number 31. <laughs> Tanner Bates, says, yeah. KBD team captain at the next dream ceremony. Honestly. I came from a two-way, and now what? I'm a contributor on a championship team, baby. I've made it. Let him be the next Udonis Haslam, bro. <laughs> just, like, let him stay here for 23 years. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, getting back to Sandro, though, like – has a lot of a lot of intrigue, like a ton of intrigue. Those two lobs that he threw to Sohan, Amizu was mentioning that earlier. Um, his three-point shooting ability. I really got to see his coming out party because I was at the Denver game where the Spurs beat the Nuggets as the bottom seed in the West, beat the top seed in the West, 20, 128 to 120. And the only reason Mamu, as we know is now is his nickname, uh, came in um, – was because Zach Collins and, and Michael Porter Jr. got into it and both got double double techs and got mm-hmm. ejected. If that doesn't happen, Mamu doesn't come in and like match up with Jokic and score eleven points in the fourth quarter, like in crucial moments. Like they I think they cut the lead. It was one eighteen to one sixteen. The Nuggets came all the way back, cut it to two, 
and Mamu hits a three and like gets a stop. And tonight, also another thing I noticed about him was he he got us a lot of second chances. He got a lot of offensive mm-hmm. boards. Yes. And and even on defense, he would just they were 50-50 balls where it was like, you know, uh, it was kind of anybody could go get the rebound. And I saw so many times he just out, you know, efforted whoever he was matched up against. Um, he's just doesn't he just feel like a perfect Spurs pickup? He does. He, he's literally like a prototypical Spurs player. He's, yes, exactly. From it, it, from being Georgian, from uh-huh. you know, from from the the similarities to to Bo, uh, not Boban, uh, Boban, Boris, yeah, Boris, Bobo. right? We just continue to find these dudes, KVD <laughs> and and Mamu, and for a little while Stanley Johnson, if you want to include him, you know. Our man Nixon. Oh man, dude, that's so sad. Rick Stanley Johnson. Stanley. He played. He played so well. Yeah. But now we have Mamu. So and, and our man Nick. He said he made an instant impact that Denver game as soon as he checked. As soon as he checked in, and as someone who saw it in person, completely agree. And I was just like, I can't believe. I thought he was like twenty seven. I'm like, oh, he's twenty three. Let's go. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. This was just, you know, this was a good game, Ethan. But we also, you know, we got we got the Mavs coming tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. And although it would be nice if we could maybe get Keldon back tomorrow, we probably want an L, don't we? We want an L, but <laughs> honestly, I, we might get a W. Just, They're I struggling. Don't think, I don't think Luca or Kyrie are playing. I heard on the broadcast, I think one of them might be. One of them might be back? They were alluding to, I hope they're fully healthy, but I don't know. That that was what Sean was saying. He was like, because I want to see, he was like, I want to see both of them tomorrow night. So I'd know. like them both to play. Let me go too, check the injury report. Just so we can maybe lose the game. But um, yeah, we're, we're getting, the, the good news is we're already at 50 losses. So now any, any, the wins now are a little bit less significant. It helps. I think Houston has won like two in a row as well. So like there, and we lost two to them. That helped. Yeah, we're all kind of in the same boat. We're, we're still bottom three. Covered our bases for these two wins against Denver and Orlando. I want to lose against the Mavericks because I'll be at the game next Sunday against the okay. Hawks, which I would like to win. Yes, since we're playing Dejounte, first game against Dejounte, also in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. So if if we're gonna win another one this week, I would rather it be that one. Yeah, um, for sure, for sure. Okay, I got the injury report, Ethan, and it's kind of not also I don't know. It's it's kind of good news, but also not good news. So Luca's out for sure. Uh Kyrie is questionable, Christian Wood is que- it's questionable, and uh Tim Hardaway Jr. is day to day. So if those three guys play or don't play. If, uh, hopefully we'll lose but i don't know the way we played tonight if we shoot like we did tonight uh, it might be a problem for for the mavericks let's hope that we do a subtle tank lineup again where suddenly pop puts in all the all like the guy like, randomly like the little Borgie, rascals barlow that's what i was thinking champagne Dude, we're gonna throw in champagne mamu kelishvili uh barlow blake and uh, who am I forgetting? Doug. Doug. That was the other one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, hey, Kyrie loves cooking. That's the Spurs. true. Tanner says no shot. Kyrie passes up a game at AT and T. Yeah, that's right. He's gonna give us fifty tonight. The tank will continue, or tomorrow night. The tank will continue. We'll oh be good. boy. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, fingers crossed. We got. We'll we, see. We got to get these L's. Let's recommend. Oh my gosh. 
Alrighty, y'all. Well, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. We will be back to see how tomorrow's game plays out with the Mavericks. We'll see, you know, if it's the Spurs getting a big dub because Luka and Kyrie and Christian Wood aren't playing, or Kyrie will play and give us 50. We'll have to see. But if you tuned in today, we appreciate you guys. We'll be back tomorrow night. If you enjoyed what you saw today, don't forget to like and subscribe down below. If you want to stay updated with the show, follow us on Twitter at SSPNYT. You can watch it there at Jude McLaren and at Ethan underscore Quintero to stay updated. We appreciate y'all. Go Spurs go. Good dub. We'll catch y'all in the next one.